So something I highly advise is stick to something and just keep creating more and more value and, and you'll start climbing the ladder naturally. Welcome to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom, a podcast where we provide insights, tips, and inspiration for college students and young professionals so they can make a really successful transition from college life to the professional world and beyond. My name is Andy Malinsky, and I'm your host. I'm also a professor of organizational behavior and international management at Brandeis University's International Business School, where we record and produce this podcast. Today's guest is Stephen Ost, who is the vice president of product at Paradox where he leads the product development of their AI recruiting assistant named Olivia. You've got to check that out. Paradox works with enterprise and mid-market clients to transform their global talent acquisition and candidate experience. Stephen got his BS in computer science at the University of Arizona, where he was recognized as a college entrepreneur of the year by Entrepreneur Magazine. And since then, he's built a bunch of really cool software companies um, with one leading to an acquisition. Uh, he holds two patents, and he's he's a really interesting guy, very successful guy, and I think people listening are going to really learn a lot from Stephen. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much, Andy. It's it's awesome to be here. Cool. So tell us about Paradox. If, if, if uh, you know, it, it, as if you're describing it to someone who knows nothing about it, I've checked it out. It's really cool, but tell, tell, tell us about it. Yeah, definitely. So, Paradox starts at the top of the recruiting funnel. So we make an artificial intelligent recruiting assistant called Olivia, and she screens and captures candidates, auto-schedules them for interviews when when they're qualified for a certain job. She really automates the 80% of of busy, repetitive work for recruiters to to focus on more human one-to-one interaction. If I'm applying for a job, I would meet Olivia, basically. Similar, yeah. So, so our customers, our clients are business. So we sell business to business, and they put Olivia on their site and throughout their recruiting process in order to engage with these candidates. So they want everyone to have a personalized experience, and Olivia is there to give that to them. So Olivia talks to those candidates while they're applying. And what does Olivia look like? I, I've I've seen her, <laughs> but but from someone who yeah. doesn't uh, know. Yeah, definitely. So she's based off of a real person. She's actually our CEO's wife. Her name's Olivia, and and she's a real person. And we chose that name just because there are a few reasons, but you can't misspell it. It's a popular name right now. It's a great name for an AI. <laughs> it's cool. It's I would encourage people to check it out. All right. So so let's let's rewind. You graduated college like five or six years ago, University of Arizona. Tell us about your college experience. What was it like being in college? How did you start to become interested in entrepreneurship? Sort of give it paint us a picture of your college experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely an interesting one and different than most. So it started similar. I went into University of Arizona, undecided. So I did not know what I wanted to do. I just went there because my friends went there. And I literally followed my friends. I took intro to, to engineering. I took chemistry. I took calculus. 
Um, nothing really excited me too much. My second semester in, I took intro to computer science because I liked making websites on the side. And that, I got a 99% in that class. It, it was the perfect fit for me. So I found out that's the direction I wanted to go in my life is, is computer science is building software. So once I started that, I started to become aware. I'm really interested in startups and, and building. And at that time, I, I never did one. So I started wondering, how can I come up with some kind of idea um, that I could start pursuing? So I started to make a change in my life where everything I did, I started to wonder, is this a repetitive task? Like, is this something that happens over and over that there should be an easier way to do? And something simple as between class, I was in college life, I was a freshman, sophomore, and my sophomore years when I really started to come up with this, this idea called Ufree, I started texting all my friends or a bunch of my friends between classes saying like, hey, I have an hour, you want to hang up? You want to grab lunch real quick? Like, what are you doing now? So that kind of stuff. And every day, occasionally, you know, friends' times would overlap and we would hang out. But it was a process and it happened over and over. So I realized, you know, that's something that we can automate. So I started a company called Ufree to address that need. And I just started building it. My background in computer science allowed me to start building a prototype of it. Started using that with friends. It started becoming pretty popular with my friend, friend group. Basically, you open the app and you see who's free to hang out with and they're distant. So how close they are. So, you know, you can hang out with them and you could sync your school calendar to it. So it worked out really, really well. And then I started building an engineering team for it. I raised funding. We launched at two universities, University of Arizona and Arizona State University. And then that gained a lot more interest. And then eventually it was acquired. And so how did you raise, how did you raise funding for it? That must have been, <laughs> I'm imagining you never yep. raised funding before. Am I right? Correct. Yeah. That, it was, all this stuff was brand new. So my background in computer science did not teach me any of the business. So I had to find out that kind of stuff elsewhere. So I joined communities like Startup Tucson, which is a, a local startup community, and, and they educate you on funding. That's part of it. And also how to build business. I joined Arizona Center for Innovation, which is out of the University of Arizona, where they gave me a bunch of business skills that I didn't get in, in school. So I just went to lots of different networking and, and educational groups to get that experience. And then when I started to get myself out there, I started pitching at different events. I started connecting with lots of members of the community. Then it started gaining interest from investors. So I met with several investors who were interested, and I finally went with um, one of them and his partner. So this is a really interesting story. I imagine people, uh, imagine people would love to do something like that, people listening to this podcast. And I actually want to rewind to, to the point earlier in college where you said you tried out a bunch of stuff, you came in undecided, you weren't sure what you wanted to do, you, you ended up sort of like falling into a computer science class, and you said that you said something about how you like to build websites on the side, so it was a perfect fit. I, I just want to highlight that piece. So, t were, t were you tell us about this hobby of yours because I think that's interesting. Sort of, basically, you you that that was your that was the fit ultimately that seemed to be the catalyst for all this. What, what, what was your hobby? Yeah, definitely. So, my hobby, I, I I really enjoyed building websites. 
I wasn't the best at it, but I did enjoy it. And I got better every time I, I did it. And I built a few sites for a few friends, um, a few family members. And it, it just, it was really enjoyable for me. So I figured, why not try that as, as computer science, as a computer science class and see if that would be easy for me, if it would work out. And it sounds like it did. Yeah. So, so, so I know that uh, UFree is not the only uh, company that you uh, started. It sounds like you got the entrepreneurship bug. What, what, <laughs> what, what, what happened from there uh, in terms of um, starting up other things? And, and, and also, what, what do you like about that experience? From there, so during UFree, towards, towards the end of it, right before the acquisition, about a year before the acquisition, I started like becoming more aware of, of what problems I see around me. One of them was when I went into a restaurant, I saw people, you know, taking a water cup and dispensing soda with it. And I may have tried that before, not saying. Um, but anyway, that seemed like a problem and it seemed like something that should be able to be addressed. So that's when I started the cup. Um, so the cup is a, a hardware cup with an RFID tag and a QR code built into it that communicates to the soda dispensing machines, such as Coca-Cola, Pepsi, those machines. And it, it talks back and forth and, and lets the machine know if that cup was a soda cup or not, if it was purchased or not. So therefore, it enables the soda to be dispensed, or if not, just the water can be dispensed. So I ended up pursuing that one. I met with one of the largest chain restaurants uh, that went a little bit farther. And then Paradox came up. So I kind of set that aside. Uh, but I did get a patent on that. Um, so, so that's protected. So another area that I saw a need was in the, in the, the courthouse, the, the way you bring evidence into the courthouse. So in most cases, pictures that you take, videos that you take, you can edit them. It's not really obvious that it's a real, legit picture or video. So I was thinking, how can you, how can you essentially make the, the video evidence and the, the image evidence that you have admissible in court? So I started a company called Witness. And what Witness did was it linked with the... We, we prototyped it. We, we beta tested with Tucson Police Department. And it, it was a platform for the police, as well as an app, a consumer app for the public. So the public, whenever they felt in danger, anything like that, they open up this app and they start streaming. And it streams right to the police through the admin portal over there. And everything is recorded and saved. And an evidence report is generated. And that gets transferred to the courthouse if you ever need to do so. Yeah. So it's really interesting as I, as I hear this, and I've talked to a lot of people now um, for this podcast and you know, a lot of people in my life. I, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who just seems to walk around, um, see problems that are in need of solving, create solutions that can be sort of compartmentalized into a business in a very neat little way, and then kind of moves on to the next one. And it's, it's very interesting how you do this. And I guess I'm curious where this comes from, because it sounds like you started your story by saying that you followed your friends to college and you didn't even know what you wanted to do. Where do you think this comes from? Because, you know, not everyone does what you're doing. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And I honestly don't know the best answer for that. I, I have a drive. I want to accomplish more than I could ever dream about. And everything I do is, is always more than I think I can accomplish. And then once I accomplish that, I just try to push myself to the whole next level. So literally daily, weekly, I'm always thinking, what is the next level? What's the next thing I can accomplish that people think I would not be able to accomplish? And it sounds like Paradox was, was the next thing, and that's what you're doing now. So tell us about Paradox. What, what, how, did you figure out, how, how did you figure out Olivia? How did you, or, or, or this, the, even the system, how did you figure out that this was a, a problem in need of a solution? Tell us about the origins. Definitely. So after Ufree, I joined a company called Jobbing.com. And at Jobbing.com, my, I, I partnered with the, the founder there named Aaron Matus. And he, he was building this local job board. And it's already huge at that point. They were, they were 15 years in. So I joined to create the Jobbing.com app. So when I was there, I started prototyping as well. He was in the recruiting industry for like 15 years or so. So I was just brainstorming with him. And we, we kind of thought, why, is, why does it take so long for a candidate to apply to a job? Like, Why can't you just apply to a job through texting? And that's how that idea started for Paradox, is we wanted to figure out how we could, how we could accomplish a simple application process and in that case, with an artificial intelligence named Olivia. And it seems to me that there's more to it than efficiency, though, because you could, you could have created an efficient process that didn't have that personalized you know, character of Olivia. How did that piece come about? Because I think that creates a, a different vibe, for sure, when you meet her. Yeah, definitely. The persona is huge. It's, it's what keeps us in, in front of the market. Um, leading the competitors for sure. So the persona, we really wanted to to put a persona on it. it. It's just, it's a unique process. When you speak to a human, you you enjoy the conversation. It, it plays a different role in, in the application. It's completely different. We've seen insane results for it. The capture rate is very high. Through a human process, you can ask questions and we can answer them. We can have a dynamic conversation through the process. So all around, it, it automates the process, saves a lot of efficiencies, saves our clients a lot of money. It allows for a better candidate experience. Yeah, so it's, so, it's, yeah. It, it sounds it. And, I, and I, 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 I actually enjoyed seeing it myself. Um, let's step back a little bit. So, so, so you've brought us through your, your journey so far. And, and I imagine that you've got some perspective on on sort of the college experience in, in some you know insights about call, uh, college students entering the workforce do you, do you what what misconceptions do you think college students have sort of transitioning into the real world yeah definitely so the thing i see most and this is when i review resumes i really think about this one a lot of candidates are hopping jobs these days they start a job they don't really like it. They hop to another. They don't really like it. They hop to another. They don't really like it. Sometimes they hop for different reasons. So maybe they get a 5K salary increase and maybe they're 
you know, hopping to increase their salary short term, and every hop increases your salary. However, it, it's really hard to progress to climb up the ladder at a company and and get up to high level management if you are hopping. Um, the longer you're there, the more valuable you are at the company. The the more people come to you for questions and advice, and just the more responsibility you get over time. So something I highly advise is stick to something and just keep creating more and more value and, and you'll start climbing the ladder naturally. How, how do you how do you create value? Um, what would what would you say if someone said, you know, I, I get it, but what do you mean creating value? Yeah, different companies create value different ways. Um, the same with with employees. So different employees create value different ways. And to create value, you really need to have an impact on the organization. So whether you're on the product team, you have to create sprint decks, you have to create product requirements to create value. If you're on sales, you have to generate sales leads. If you're on marketing, you have to figure out how to market the product, get more clicks, you know, that kind of stuff. So it really, it highly depends on your position. I see. So, so become indispensable. Uh, become a critical resource for for a company, and in in and you can't do that by hopping all around. In a sense, definitely, yeah. Um, it's a lot harder to do when you hop around. Yeah, no, interesting. Now, how about from uh, from you studied computer science in college? Um, was there anything else aside from just simple computer science? Not simple, but simply computer <laughs> science skills themselves that has ended up being useful for your career? Because because in a sense, you're not just you haven't just been doing computer science. You, you yourself said that you've been kind of building and running a business. Um, any, anything else from college end up being useful, maybe even that you didn't expect? Yeah, um, definitely. So when I started college, I did not expect to start a company. So that just kind of came to me um, from my drive. And that is the greatest learning experience I've ever had in my life. Um, that taught me everything I did not know from computer science because I had to figure it out or it would fail. So I figured out how to sell the product, how to market the product, how to build a team. I had a team of 19 interns at one point, like literally only school credit, not even paying. So it was me with 20 student interns building this out at at University of Arizona. And it's just all those things add up to different educational experiences that you bring to your future employers or the future companies you create. And it's... Honestly, the reason why I'm I'm where I'm at today, you agree. So you didn't take so it wasn't you didn't take a marketing class and or or a business management class and use some of the theories you learned from that class. It was more sort of the experience of starting things up and learning from it. Is that what you're saying? Correct, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Um so, so we're nearing the end of our chat. I often I'd like to ask a few sort of quick hit questions. You, you must, as a, as a tech person, you must have some productivity tips, like some, something that you, what's, what's something that you, that you do or you use an app or whatever it might be. It could be even a, a routine you have to, to stay super productive. Definitely. My calendar is fully booked every day. Um, as a product person, I need to figure out how to build literally everything in our artificial intelligence system. Um, and, and the best way for me to do that is I try to limit the length of our meetings. So rather than having an hour meeting, I'll have a 30-minute meeting or a 15-minute meeting. Um, 
doing that allows for the team to to be more efficient. They only bring up the things that are the highest priority and things that need to get done now. Um, so that's definitely a a productive trick I've learned over time. Shorten meetings and focus on the things that are most important. Hmm, that's interesting. So so shorter meetings, more productive, more efficient. How about mentoring? Have you uh, had some, it sounds like you did have some mentors in, in, in sort of the community as you started to learn about entrepreneurship. Can you, can you say, say anything about the role of mentoring in sort of uh, fast tracking your career so far? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Mentors are insanely important. So starting you free specifically, my first startup, I, I had probably a team of 10 mentors I could go to for different purposes. Um, there was someone that I could go to to figure out how to advertise at the U of A campus. There was someone I could go to to learn how to raise funding. There was someone I could go to to figure out how to price the product. Um, it's it's insanely important because this is the first time you're doing it. You don't have that knowledge. You don't have that experience and you need to find it somewhere. And typically it's found out elsewhere, not necessarily in your college courses. And how do you find a mentor? I mean, you don't you don't, Google find a mentor. Like, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. So every university will have a startup community. There's always people trying to build startups on campus and get connected with those. There's also a bunch of co working spaces around. So if you're out of college, that's a great place to meet other entrepreneurs and see what they're doing. And typically they're mentors. You can use them as mentors because they've done it before or they'll know people that they could introduce you to. So it, it's really about networking and knowing where to network. So I guess one last question I have for you is, is um, you know, if you could sort of go back in time uh, to that version of yourself that was following your friends to college, and it sounds like you've ended up in a pretty cool place. That was about, what, eight years ago or so. Is there any advice that you're the sort of the 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 current you would give to that previous you uh, in terms of like uh, life lessons, in terms of uh, what to do in college, how to take advantage of your experience? Mm-hmm, definitely. I would, I would suggest taking as many risks as possible. Um, a balance is needed, of course. But in college, you're pretty much in a safe zone on a campus. You could take those risks. You can create a startup and fail and get an insanely amazing educational experience that will help you forever. You could join a startup and learn, you know, similar type of experiences. You could, you know, do projects on the side. It's really important to take those risks while you can. And college is definitely the safest place to take those risks from what I found. And what do you mean by safe? Can you say, just articulate that? Safe. Yeah. So if you try something, you fail, you can always try something else. You're not restricted by where you're going to live or, or family. You typically don't have a family at that time. Um, there's always people around you to help. So if you do fail, you can get up and talk to a breadth of the amount of people um, to get some support. It's, it's really a great place to create your career, at least the seed of it. I imagine also, and I, I'd be curious to hear what you think about this, just occurs to me as you're talking that, um, that you know, by and large, college is a learning environment, whereas the quote-unquote real world is more of a performance environment. 
Is that is that kind of what you mean by safe too? That it's a learning definitely. setting. Yes, definitely. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, your story's been uh, really interesting here, and and I know it's it's even just really at the beginning. So uh, maybe uh, maybe if this podcast continues for another six years, we'll have you back. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be great. It, but until then, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and and if people want to learn more about you or your company, where can they go? Yeah, you could learn about me at stevenost.com. Um, you could learn about our company at paradox.ai. You could find my contact information over there as well. And feel free to reach out. I'm always here to help. All right. And we'll have that information in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Stephen, for uh, joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. If you're interested in learning more about the work that I do and helping people step outside their comfort zones and transition successfully into the professional world, please visit my website, www.andymolinsky.com. That's A-N-D-Y-M-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And also feel free to email me directly at andy at andymolinsky.com with any feedback or ideas for guests for future podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Brandeis University's International Business School. By teaching rigorous business, finance, and economics, connecting students to best practices, and immersing them in international experiences, Brandeis International Business School prepares exceptional individuals from around the globe to become principled professionals in companies and public institutions worldwide. Thank you so much for listening.